Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, for joined by Ash Millman. Hello! And Jules Gill. Hello. Good, very, very Alan Rickman-esque of you. <laughs> Mr. Potter. Good, I think <laughs> I'm going to open with, I've gathered you today to pose a question. I want to know why we like terrible games. Now, you might say that some of these aren't terrible. We'll see how we go. No, I'll, 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 I'll just well, say, I'll, I'll, I'll just say instantly, why have you chosen me and Ash? <laughs> <laughs> you immediately came up to us, bounding over like a puppy, and we're yeah. just like, guys, I've got a great idea for a podcast. <laughs> I won't tell you what the title is, and now here we are, and it all becomes clear. Look, I'm not going to lie. I wanted next year to talk about Deadly Premonition. Now, Ash doesn't know what that is. Jules does. Oh. So, I've heard of it. I've heard yeah. of Deadly Premonition. Like, my whole thing on bad games blah, blah, is that basically I take the time, I do my research, I pick out Just games. Just pointing a finger. I'm, yeah, I'm waving it, Ryan. I take the, the time. Claws out. I do the research. Uh-huh. I, I had the internet before I was 17, according to Jules Gill. Listen. Is this Jules has revealed before we started yeah. recording? What the hell, guys? <laughs> right, what happens before the podcast? Podcast is literally my life. Do not air it on <laughs> literally this. your life. Stop it. Stop oh. it now. Well, I've used the internet for a great amount of time. So yeah, we'll just let you to try to figure out what that even means. My choices, basically. Um, so I spend the time playing good games like right. Evolve you, and <laughs> Colonial Marine. I was so close was, to <laughs> nailing that point. I was about to swear so loudly then. But Frick. F- flip off, Ash Roman. <laughs> if I am to believe that you did anything with the internet other than type in slow. Sly Raccoon bumhole. Oh, no, if you just type in Sly Raccoon, it already comes up with a load of very search hard rate, but no, I don't. I know what premoni- Deadly Premonition is. Uh-huh. It's just not one that I've managed to play, but I've been told by you guys plenty of times that mm-hmm. I should. So it's, tell me about it. It's a good time. Well, I, I'm going to get to some specifics in a bit, but I kind of want to just like talk about like what is it about games that like they don't have to be perfect. I think that like because something like Deadly Premonition or Evolve or Colonial, Colonial Aliens, Colonial <laughs> Marines or whatever, like we kind of find ourselves going back to them. And I, I play a lot of or I used to play a lot more of like six and seven out of ten games. Like as much as the industry is, needs to take forever with really long dev cycles and perfecting everything. For me, the I don't know what it is. It's that like what do you guys think that it is that draws you to these games that are still very much six or seven out of ten? It's it's the same thing of like why uh, do we watch movies that we know are like schlocky? Like mm. the the entire grindhouse phenomenon that um, Tarantino and Rodriguez were like trying to champion for a while back in was it like uh, 2010, 2012 mm. when they did um, so. Planet Terror, Terra Planet. 
that whatever yeah. it's called? Uh, Planetaria Planetar- and the other one. Like that sort of, that's... Did Grindhouse as yeah. well? Yeah. And then and, did that one. And yes. yeah, yeah, that would have been the easier one for me to remember. <laughs> but they, it's like those probably films... On the internet, that. Those films never set out to be this cinematic <laughs> classics, mm-hmm. but they did it in a schlocky B-movie way that was very enticing because there's something about uh, like low quality but still with a ton of heart that right. really appeals to us on all mediums mm-hmm. it's like why um uh, in galleries like outsider art at the moment is mm. one of the most popular things going which mm. is strange considering its um its name because of the fact it's people who don't have what you consider to be fine art artistic talent showcasing stuff but it's resonating mm. with people because it's something that's real and heartfelt i guess i think the whole point of it is that you want um i always go on about games as storytelling devices mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so i like a story but like uh, it, the whole point is that you want a good story it doesn't really matter how it's mm, delivered as mm. long as you get the the gist of it uh, which is what like bad the b movies gist. the gist there you go the, the gift it's like gif and gifts all over again the ist anyway um but oh well, my point it, it's yeah, gone yeah. um but the, as long as you're getting to the heart of a narrative and delivering an experience that people can relate to and mm. have fun with that's what matters it doesn't matter mm. the kind of vehicle it is driven in so you can have like a real bad horrible car but as long as it's got a fun person in going woo here's some tunes on the radio then the road trip will be just <laughs> as good yeah it is kind of like these games are like the i was gonna say the punk but it's almost like the grunge movement or something it's like but, oh, right. grunge proved to rock but, but, like, but we should state very clearly now that most of these games didn't actually start out by saying hey you know what we're going to aim for the middle (laughs) of the pack like they they all were clearly set out to be like we are going to try and really like knock this out of the park yet because of shortcomings director choices Mm -hmm. or just lack of funding they had to make it so that it has this B tier level Mm -hmm. quality it's like it's kind of like the Tommy was so like the rooms of video games where Mm -hmm. some of them like obviously aimed high and Mm -hmm. then they kind of didn't get high but then after a while it's been like oh no that was fun that was totally what we meant the whole time I feel like the room is wasn't so much he was aiming high; it's that he truly believes he yes. hit high. That's, like, right? That's the worst thing about it. Have you seen any of his sort of like live? Because he goes around and tours with the room, and yeah. he'll do Q and A's afterwards. Mm-hmm. He genuinely believes that he has made a masterpiece, oh, and yeah. that, that everyone isn't laughing at him; that they are just going, "No, no, it's great. This is <laughs> this is exactly what it is." Because it's like, no, <laughs> like I mean, I too would be laughing if I saw the absolute amount of bank money that he's making yeah. from doing yeah. this. But still, mad. I think there's a way to sort of capitalize on those like like fun little like imperfections and make it go hmm. it's, a, it's enough to give something like a project charm and soul so we might as well talk about Deadly Premonition because I think there's there's something with that where it's made by essentially like a Hideo Kojima type figure called um, oh, I forget what his full Swery. name is called Swery but I forget what his full name is his surname is Sahiro. anyway and um, he, he only goes by Swery Swery now yeah, it's, Suda, it's yeah. there's like Suda51 is a different dude and yeah. Swery is this guy um, so there's a lot of Deadly Premonition where it's very much Twin Peaks inspired and yeah. it's your players this dude called uh, Agent Francis York Morgan and you arrive in this little uh, Americana town um, to sort of try and investigate why there's this body that's been found in the trees. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just kind of goes from there. But there's so many quirky, over-the-top, ridiculous characters. It's almost like if you took, you know, the log lady from Twin Peaks? Yeah. If you took that idea of, like, everyone has to have a thing and yeah. then sort of stretched it out across the entire town, um, it's that. And so, like, the actual beats of the mystery are, like, fun enough. Like, you're chasing down, like, bits of evidence and doing autopsies and stuff. Um, but it's the weird, really stupid interactions that you have with every single character. And all the dialogue is, like, kind of broken. Some of it's, like not very well translated yeah. and there's like a guy whose specialist breakfast food is a turkey and uh, strawberry cereal the sandwich. Sinner's sandwich. Oh, the sinner's sandwich that is a sin as well I know right <laughs> and so like you met, you meet this you, like yeah his thing it's like what this guy called Mr. Stewart has and he's like wheelchair bound but his um, his helper like gets this food for him but that guy only talks in riddles and, and he it's always like, ends his sentence with so says Mr. So Stewart so says Mr. Stewart <laughs> and, right. uh, I backed yeah. this like, already it's so like, good I'm man. invested but it's I don't one know of those why. things where Scott and I could sit here and tell you every
every single <laughs> like singular piece of why this game is insane. But at the same time, that only serves as a reason to play it more because mm. it's one of those things where like it's like water cooler masturbator territory where you walk around. Excuse me? Is that a territory? Who's masturbating in your water cooler? We haven't. What is that the word? What are you talking about? Listen, the saline saltiness of that water has nothing to do with me. But the goopy filter. I've got, no, I've got nothing to do I'll with I'll be ticking the expletive box today. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your foul mouth under control. <laughs> anyway. Um, the, uh, it's basically like for those people who enjoy nothing more than going into work the next day and just going, oh, did you see what weird stuff happened here? And that is me and Scott <laughs> in this case. This? I'd never heard water yeah, I don't know masturbator. What, what, what stereotypes what are you tapping it was, into? It was used by, I'm pretty sure it was used by Yahtzee Croshaw okay. in um, a Zero Punctuation. There's uh -huh. a way to describe people who literally go stand by the water cooler and wait for people to come up to them. Right. In American offices, this is obviously meant to be. And so they, I, I know they, what he means. And right? they come up and they go, and just so that they can go, did you see the weird thing that happened on this show tonight. I don't know why they like, talk like this, but I know what you mean. If, like, I'm, let me, yeah, because <laughs> you have the whole thing where it's like a water cooler conversation is always the, the go-to pop culture conversation topic of the time. So if you try and find that some assumed stereotype of a person that is looking for something like off the beaten path that they're then waiting to then talk yes. about and specialize in talking about something that you haven't heard of. Yes. Assumedly. That's his voice. I don't know. I don't know. That that's the smarmy Give man. Give it a try. Take uh, it out for a spin. Hello, I What is this? Water cooler. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Hello. Rickman again. Salty saline. So, so Good. Some, somehow you've managed to take something as simple and as quaint as a water cooler <laughs> masturbator and you have ruined There's nothing quaint. There's oh, nothing quaint. Listen to Mickey Mouse as a water cooler. <laughs> oh, so what I see on. Anyway, right, okay. Anyway. Deadly, Quarter past three in the afternoon. Carry on. Deadly Premonition is uh, a very, very bad game that has an amazing uh, auteur direction yes. because of the fact that it's trying to be as uh, off the wall as possible that it always leaves you with really memorable moments even though the story itself, if you bought it down is really simple it's just like mm. a to b here's a murderer oh here's the explanation done mm. it's if you were to put it on paper itself it would still be a fan like well, a pretty serviceable um action horror game mm -hmm. but because of the weird moments you're constantly going to yourself oh i'm going to put up with this a lot more i'm going to yeah. keep going with this because i know that something funny or something that is so absurd that it becomes funny will happen in the there's next also uh, the whole portion of the game where randomly uh agent york will just be beset by zombies and like weird sort of creature looking things and he just like the whole sky goes blood yeah. red yeah and like but he doesn't tell anybody at least like that still doesn't become like a thing in the story for a long time mm -hmm. um but he did like yeah that's just a thing that happens for yeah. like the first sort of i don't know seven or eight hours or something well more like half of the game um where it turns into like resident evil 4 where it's like here's some stuff to shoot and you have a shotgun <laughs> okay. a pistol there's like it plays like old school resident evil but mm. with the re4 i'm the not combat. really getting where this is bad at this point well it's not yeah, that's the thing well, right okay so so this is the thing we'll detail why it's bad and then to to give because uh, like, we have to we have because we'll at the moment yeah. at the moment we're basically just saying this game is great go i out think and it play. is great and yeah it is it, but it's a very zero or 10 out of 10 game yeah. like you there doesn't seem to be very much in the middle mm. um it, the controls are bad. Yeah. Like when you're shooting or running or doing any of the action sequence stuff, it feels like everything that Resident well, Evil 4 it, which should not be. You, uh, until they, they brought out the remaster recently, which finally changed the controls. But if you play the original one, you shoot with X. Oh, so you're shooting with a oh. face button. So it's oh. like that feels really weird. 
for one thing. But oh, the controls, yeah, that yeah. took me a moment then. Yeah. I was like, wait, yeah, it's like, wait, it's, it's like that's old school not shooting. a trigger. It's not, and it's like stuff like that where it controls really weirdly. The animations are very bad. The sound effects are very bad. Um, the script is terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's charming because it's trying, and I don't know if Swery intentionally did all these things to be. I mean, some of them have to have been intentionally well, bad. There's there's one bit like in the cereal sandwich. You know, um, you know how um, you and I have discussed many times about fast travel systems and like how you liked when we were playing like uh, Skyrim stuff. You would just be like, oh, I'm just gonna go and walk in this direction and just go, and it'd yeah, be yeah. fine. Like I don't really care about the fast travel thing unless it's absolutely necessary. This mm. is a long long time. I'm gonna say like yeah. throwback that is. But this game is like right. You need to go from point A to point B. Mm. How are you gonna get there? And mm. you go well. I guess I'll take the car then. Yeah. It's like okay. You have to go and obey the speed limit. You don't oh, have okay. to. Uh, oh, 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 you can put the si- oh. you, you can put the siren on and put it at ten percent above the speed limit. Yes. You cannot go any further, and oh, yeah, yeah. your car can run out of fuel. Yeah, oh. and that happens a lot. <laughs> so you will be there just driving along, just going, "Cool, right, run out of fuel." Uh, guess it will be a three-hour in real-life <laughs> walk from point A you to point B. You can call uh, a police car to come to your position, and then yeah. you can take that and drive on. But there are mechanics like that to try and. G- it's weird because this is the thing that I think it does really well, genuinely really well. But mm. I can't tell if it was intentional or not. Is that yeah? Like you so see, you'll get a, way- a waypoint that's like on the other side of some massive valley, and it's like okay, you need to drive for literally like 10, 15 minutes, just driving all the way there. Um, York does talk to himself, and he mm. talks to he talks about 80s movies and action films and mm-hmm. stuff and um, there's one bit where he breaks down the philosophy the inter- interdependent relationship between Tom and Jerry stuff like that which is great um, but the thing that I can't tell if it's genuine or not is that by doing all that stuff you are then invested in the day to day hour by hour life of this detective mm. across the weeks or however long time period it is where he's solving the whole murder and you can check in at diners and get food and talk to characters and go to the bar and stuff like that yeah. and for me that's really immersive and it totally works even though it's probably just him being like well I'll just give yeah. you everything yeah. like, you know. and also if you don't shave or uh, shower <laughs> yeah. then people won't respond well to your questioning because ah. you'll, you'll be a stinky detective yeah. like, you need to take time out of your day to maintain yourself <clears> like <throat> there are loads of great elements in this game like everything on paper is fantastic it's just the way that they're put into the game is very janky yeah. like, and so you'll find people just going Oh, I don't I don't like having to do this. This is a chore. But then, the combat really drags as well. Like does. sometimes you go like into like a factory and it's like three levels and there's loads of zombies and you're getting chased by this like, guy with a hood on and a big axe. And, the like, action's there specifically to pad out the game. Yeah, like, yeah the yeah. amount of times you just go like, oh, let me guess, it's another wave of enemies yeah. because they literally just like, well, we can't have you rushing through the story too. Quickly. Yeah, but like to, to wrap the like the deadly prem stuff, I think that there's something about the fact that it is clearly trying and I think yeah. there's enough references in the script that I don't know. I love my time with it and it's like even though I'm going through it with my wife at the minute and even though like we get to the bits where the gameplay is really drawn out mm-hmm. like I said that sequence in the uh, in a factory near the beginning um, you know she went and make like a cup of tea or something and I was like I'll just give you a shout when yeah, I'm done because yeah. I've been here for ages um, but I think overall it's there's some intrinsic quality to how much he's trying that I think shines through and I don't mm. know if that's the case because um, we mentioned some other stuff like Ashley mentioned uh, mentioned Mass Effect Andromeda yeah. uh, before we came in and like I remember when that first came out like me and Jules had a we did a 45 minute debate on whether it was actually toss or not and then the, the camera ate the the, the card, so it never got to go live. Ooh. But I thought it was better than it was. I still hate this game. <laughs> I think I think if you chop the Mass Effect title off it, it's a perfectly serviceable sci-fi game. Uh, see, I, I would agree. With I that. don't yeah. think that is the case because I, even if I was to separate myself from the Mass Effect franchise, mm. I would be look. I'm always looking for likable characters, and in uh, the opening true. to that, the first two people that you meet in there is it Liam. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you meet another human person, but then you meet PB. Mm. Now, I was thinking, right, of, as you right. said it, I was like, oh, I now, now, about PB. Now, <laughs> now, yeah. now, now, PB is one of the most annoying characters I've experienced. She just wants to get some artifacts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stop, well, look I, at the remnants. I think it's, I think it's like character introductions more than anything. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like, okay, cool. We know your character. You're immediately quirky. Okay, you're, you're fun. You're lively. You Zany. Could be, you could be a really cool person to have in the group. But why are you here? And mm. why should you suddenly drop everything in your life to come and help me on my quest, even though they are t- completely unrelated? Oh, because the game says so. That's just bad writing. A little bit. Oh, I don't know. I think... I uh, I like the combat, uh, though. The combat was great. I was going to say, what was it that made you like it? I just really enjoyed the nostalgia it gave me. I think that it was... Mm. As much as I say you chop the Mass Effect, game, uh, Mass Effect name off and you'll get uh, a perfectly serviceable sci-fi game, mm. I thought all of the, the colours and shades of Mass Effect that were in there mm. made me have a really wholesome, nice time. Like It was, again, padded out beyond belief with things that didn't need to be in mm. there. So yes, it isn't a great game. It's not the best game. And it gets slated even more because it is a Mass Effect game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I think all the things that were in there, I stuck with it the whole way through and I wanted to see the story and I wanted to do all these different things and learn about these people and have the Mass Effect experience. And I feel like it delivered that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as much as it's not my favorite Mass Effect game or one of my favorite games ever or anything, I still think it deserves defending a bit because it does do things right, if not yeah. perfectly. Mm. I remember liking the combat at the time. The thing that I was def- that I defended at the time was that I totally agree with you, Jules, that the, the characters are very bad. It's very mm. like millennial writing 101 where everyone's like, every- everything is a punchline. Everything is a joke. Nothing is has any weight to it whatsoever. It seems very the inspired by... Sweden, like yes, it's, totally. it's, it's like, Sweden s dialogue, yeah. where it's like that's fine. That's yeah. like, that is a, a, a really, it's a very tactile, and smart way of writing. But <clears> only <throat> if your characters have difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, if every character is the funny one, then none of them are the funny one. Yeah, it's the, the syndrome situation. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, but the combat is really good, like genuinely good. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it probably is the best Mass Effect combat has ever been. Like especially all the aerial stuff that you can do and everything. Um, but I think it's worth like yeah. But like, what was it about that that like I guess it, it's nostalgia. It shines through. It's what I think for mm. games that I think that I am drawn to, which are like bad games that I still like anyway, and nostalgia ones. Mm. Like I like the Shrek Two game. I like Shrek. I like. I even <laughs> I liked. Played it. I liked the uh, the Catwoman game as well from the really oh, bad Jesus. Catwoman movie. Oh, I when never I played, played that. This yeah. was me playing them as a kid. Like right. I'd like disclaimer. This was me. When playing was the last time you played that? That was when I was a kid. Okay. So like it was it was a good <laughs> few years ago now. Uh-huh. But um, I loved them. I thought they were great. I just loved being in a film and enjoying the mm. game like even if they were really crap gameplay and like nothing very good to do I was like hey look it's me a trick old buddy old Pat <laughs> and me and Puss in Boots doing like a little like fight dance with Puss in Boots I just had a great time and had a real laugh with them and I enjoyed that mm-hmm. I actually thought of a game that would actually fit this bill that mm. you actually told me about and I remember that I played and it's I can never remember the name of yeah. it you play as a woman and she's a viking she has rides a dragon oh what you yeah. talk about uh, Drakkar and the Ancient Drakkar, Snakes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that is a perfect six or seven out of no, ten. No, no, no. That's rated highly across the board. If you go and look that up and you look on its What's little it pages, it's called Drakkar and the Ancient Gates. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It is the most underrated PS2 game ever. I think it was like... Algorithmically generate a fantasy loan. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But but it's not at the same time. it is. Because I I went and played it like with my mate Mark a couple of years ago and we were playing it and just like the combat is really wonky. Everything's janky in it. But the story, as you keep saying, because that's the thing, is really impressive. Rin and a dragon as well. The way they talk to each other. You're like, oh. The dialogue between those two is actually really, really good. But apart from that, I was just kind of like, the graphics are really bad. Oh, yeah, but it's a PS2 I game. Know, it's supposed I to be know. a bit chunky. I'll let you know that that's on a 78% on Metacritic. I know, I told you. It's 0.1 from IGN. I looked it up because I thought, hey, one of my favourite games ever, let's see if it's trash. I was like, it's not, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the box art, I do remember that thing now. I yeah. miss that time period, especially on the PS2, mm. when um, budgets were just relaxed enough that a lot of publishers would greenlight more ideas. Not yeah. everything was as like, you know, like uh, strangleholded to be like, it yeah. needs to be the best-selling thing this ever. This is where I thrived. My yeah. like, upbringing yeah. was on crap PS2 games and I was just like oh I like the cover of that I'll give it a go Vex as well you brought up yes, Vex as yeah. one that wasn't like a brilliant game but I loved that I yeah. loved it I loved having the ability to take your pocket money and actually just go to like a second hand PS2 yeah. PS1 thing and just go like oh I can buy like three games that yeah. I've never heard of because there are so many of them and they all tanked mm-hmm. like I think I just I think like I mean obviously it's just the way that the industry is gone but like mm-hmm. I said it's like budgets have inflated to the point where loads of publishers want to ensure that they get their money back so it's like okay use this bankable formula and use this use that but I miss that sort of hotbed of creativity that I feel the PS2 was yeah. um, and just like I don't know if it was back if it was the console sales that allowed for it as well PS2 is like the highest selling thing ever and whatever but like I just there was such a variety of games and IPs and stuff like back then and even th- something like Draken once you look at the artwork it's like oh yeah I do remember that like it did oh, do it the rounds around that time <laughs> PS1, PS2 mm. that, that sort of era was when uh, the video game industry was kind of like the film industry used to be in mm. the uh, the late 60s and early 70s mm-hmm. where you had loads of studios willing to take what they did was they put like loads of small budget films out in mm-hmm. hopes that one of them would make it yeah. make their money back for yeah. the rest of them and that's what they did with like the publishing side mm-hmm. of like video games as well mm-hmm. and we got to experience so many crazy cool stuff but also a ton of crap <laughs> as well yeah I mean I think it's like yeah I kind of want to do something eventually on the realities of like yeah like what allowed all those games to come true but I, I miss that like yeah, I miss that too. the variety of it um, Jules you mentioned you wanted to talk about Psychic Force oh, right. which I vaguely remember no idea on this oh. one oh cast your mind back to the day the heady days of the PS1 and 
and fighting games were everywhere. Yeah. Everyone and their dead nan's dog had one. <laughs> and like, <laughs> woof indeed. Woof. And amongst them was Psychic Force. And I remember this one because I went over to my grand's once and she was like, oh, your dad's been over and he's dropped off some games for you. And Psychic Force was the top of the pile with a classic 699 sticker on. And looking back at it now, I think my dad was ripped off by about five quid. <laughs> so like, it's... Um, Very quickly, a, do you know what that got on IGN? Oh, I want to go really low. Five, four? Five is bang on. Yeah. Five out of ten game. Carry Five, on. Five, four. <laughs> but, I, but I will totally, totally defend this game as being something that everyone should at least play once because it's got the territories of um, so bad it's good about it, mm -hmm. but actually a really interesting concept. It's a 3D fighting game where you fight inside of a cube, but mm. every single fighter has uh, like magical psychic powers, mm. which means that you can like back away from your opponent, use these psychic powers, and use the 3D space to like avoid them and... like. Uh, dodge out of the mm -hmm. way and my favorite character was a guy oh god i can't remember what his name was but Jeff. it's uh, he had white hair like um dante, dante. and he had a <laughs> the smile on your face i love dante like, so like, much. like he's remembering a former lover <laughs> um and he had wore like a uh, classic sort of uh, emo leather full bound chain strap okay. things, and his power was gravity and his ability was he would cast a black hole in the center of the stage and pull everything into it i <laughs> love that that um you mentioning that reminds me of because I, I just googled like a couple of separate uh because there was so many random ps1 beat-em-ups trying to mm. get in on like tekken and everything else i don't yeah. know if you guys played bloody raw i know that bloody raw well. was class but bloody raw was raw was great and then i remember uh, evil zone as well but that was no see, i never played evil i never played evil Evil Zone's kind of similar to you said, just like standard stock 3D fighter, but with like a, like a cool cast of characters. But I feel like they were trying to get in on the beat em up wave. Yeah. It was it was at the era of gimmick fighters. Yeah. It was like a Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and all the ones, the big named ones, they did the sort of like straight up like pugilism. Mm -hmm. Everything else had to have like, well, let's just chuck some of this in there. Yeah. Like have you yeah. played um, uh, Eternal Fantasia, I think it's called? I've no. heard of it. It's um, imagine a cell drawn uh, high fantasy steampunk game. Sorry, how many words can you I know, like, I know. Into this? And, and when you Doing do, the YouTube when you, tags. When you do damage, uh, you deal HP damage, as in like yeah. it like pops up on the over them. Like it's basically okay. like a turn-based fighting game, but in real time, mm. it's really cool. A turn-based fighting game in real time. That's, that's the only way to describe it. It's, 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 it's a, it's I feel a, like you've made this up. Like no, it's, it's, how it, many words can I, know, I find I know. this? <laughs> and what can I describe it as? Eternal, and does it exist? Amazing it's, it's RPG cool. time. That's good. What was it about Psychic Force that um, made you bring it back up, though? It was Just, the uh, opening cinematics. Right. Today, as what's the date today? The 2nd? I don't know. 3rd of February? I don't know. I checked my watch. Third, it doesn't have the... 3rd of February. Okay, well, uh, yes. Sony tweeted out a thing saying, what amazing opening cinematics do you remember? And immediately after seeing that tweet I thought of Psychic Force because it was all hand-drawn anime opening because mm -hmm. I think at one point it was meant to have a coinciding um, TV show as mm -hmm. well they went down that route mm -hmm. and it what stuck in my mind is it ran through all of the characters all of the big bads you got your guy main guy called Johnny Blaze who was like had this big like coiffured um, mohawk and he had a phoenix of flame for his special power it's Cartoon Network like the, this is honestly right, this doesn't right, sound real but the best thing was is that guess what the bad guy was called like it, he, he, his power was ice because obviously okay. he had to go against the thing. oh okay just have a wild guess You're, ice man well if he's called Johnny Blaze then he has to be called something like Jimmy an ice, ice. Right? Yeah, Jimmy like, Frost okay, Jack Frost, Frost. oh no, it is even worse than that. His name is, drumroll please, Good. Keith. <laughs> well, not even a surname. Nope, just, just Keith. I think, it's, I think it's like Keith Blackburn or Keith something like that. Like, like, oh, okay, cool. just normal but, Keith. But I just Keith love the fact that it's like, it's, like, it's like, we must all team together to stop the legendary... <laughs> Keith. <laughs> yeah, that must be a mistranslation or something. Like no, man, I'd swear not. No one sets out to call their villain Keith. 
Yeah, you Unless, do if you're a big banter, though. And yeah. they must have known what they had on their hands. I don't know if they knew what big banter was. Shoot, <laughs> shoot Gunner would argue differently. It's true, but Kojima's big banter and he knows that he is. Although back then, I think he probably I've was. literally just said the same thing for this yeah, guy. But I don't Leave think... Keith alone. No, but they've gone with Johnny Blaze and then they couldn't think of anything, so they went with Keith. I yeah, love it, though, that's because funny. it was just like every time you're like, he summons like an ice dragon that clears the screen, it's like, Keith! <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. The, good. the I... worst like uh, fighting game that I used to love, I, I played it recently and found out it was trash, so it doesn't really apply here, which was. <laughs> Uh, fight box on PS2 and fight box. literally just called fight box and you I fight didn't. in a box that sounds like you're making that up honestly it's it's so like I had like vivid memories of playing as this like tiger person because you like pick their <laughs> arms their legs their torso and their head okay, and you okay. can like put it all together and make a fighter and then fight and the, it's like it's like trying to wade through treacle <laughs> uh, like fight like, so really you throw slow. a punch and it'll be like Oh, no. like, and then trying to like dodge and be like Ooh. but so I played it again realised it was crap but I had vivid memories of loving it and making this tiger person and now I feel like I made it up and I'm thinking of King instead but, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But, I like, I don't remember a game called Fight Box but I love the simplicity of calling it that I'm going to look it up real good. quick and just did, make sure did you exists. guys ever um, play um, the Clay Fighter games no, but weren't they meant to be some of the worst? Oh, they are, they are abysmal. I think on N64 wasn't very good. The best one, because they, uh, they had the cleverly titled Clay Fighter 63 and three thirds, or so three, oh, yeah. three quarters. That was that was their way yeah, of being yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's not quite 64. Bit. I remember that thing. I was going to mention, um, like for some of the like, closing stuff, whether like controls ever get in the way when you go back to stuff like that. Oh, unbelievable. Like, yeah. Obviously control With schemes. Fightbox, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, control schemes, like, you know, advance and change so much across generations. But like, I just got uh, Doom 64 mm. and like, obviously, I didn't think of this, which is really obvious when I was ordering it, but obviously the N64 doesn't have a second analog stick, mm -mm. so there's no, you can't look yeah. around. So you kind of just strafe on L and R um, and just move with the with the middle stick or whatever it is, and then shoot with the back trigger, which like, I actually quite like now that I've got used to it, but like, obviously it's completely different. But I've mm. seen a lot of people, like Doom 64's reputation is like, oh God, don't play it, it's on the N64. I'm having a blast with it. I don't I mean, know if that's ever the, the case with you guys. I mean, Goldeneye 64, yeah, you, go right. back, you go back and play it using the um, N64 controller, do not like it. I like it. It's you got like, to zoom in and then move but more. It's, but, but it's only because of the fact that I've been spoiled like the rest of us mm. with dual analog sticks. Mm -hmm. Like that that <laughs> yeah. changed the game as soon as they came out. So mm -hmm. when you're playing Quite with... Quite literally. Yeah. Hey. When, well, so when good. you're playing with like one where you've got to like go... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really work I don't know me. if you guys played uh, Oni on the PS2. It was like a Purplehead Warrior Woman and it was made by Bungie and Rockstar. No. Wait a minute. I Back in like 2000. I've heard the name. Some of them have heard the name. Okay. Oh, no, like, I'm thinking of Otter Guy. That is very, cool. very close. Oh, um, very similar. Very to similar. Oni and Otter Guy. Guy. I remember Oni. Oni had uh, a the front cover of it was the purple-haired woman yeah. uh, with the red logo on a white background. It was purple, but yes, damn near enough. The um, end. Well. But that game though was like yeah, third-person action thing, and like they were going for like uh, you know like you can do like cool slides and machine guns, you can disarm people and kick off the walls like Matrix-style yeah. thing. Um, and I loved that as well. But that game, I went back to that because I rented it, it and it was horrendous. No, it wasn't very good. But that was one of the first games that had the dual analog stick thing. Uh, and I remember when that came into the industry and how much of like a complete mind breaker it was to like try and use both sticks at the same time. Imagine when we're using four in the future. Oh, I don't want that. Imagine to on the using, toes as well. We're using none. Yeah, we're using your eyeballs to shoot. Oh. Like, yeah, one one turning down. one way and one turning the other to control it. Oh. It's not good. But um, yeah, in regards to like control stuff, like do you factor that in when you go back to stuff? Or is it like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I know what I'm in for. Like uh, this is going to feel bad. It I, depends. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I was um, quite taken aback for some reason, even though I played the game to death when I played the Onimusha remake. Oh, um, yeah. Like, because it's... It's tank controls. Yeah, it's going back to tank controls. And I was just like, in my mind, I was um, remembering 
remembering it in a much more sort of like fluid fighting system. And then when I came back to it, mm. I was like, oh, this is quite stunted, yeah. but it's still great. It's real, like, I'm sure I adore, but like the, because mm. um, that came from the whole Resident Evil 4. Like they were trying to make Resident Evil 4, so they prototyped a bunch of different stuff. Oh, one yeah. of them became yeah. Devil May Cry, the other one became what became RE4, and then something else became Onimusha. Mm. And I remember at the time not thinking that at all, but when you go back to it, it's like, this is totally the Resident Evil engine with like random swords and stuff. Yeah, definitely. To try and get more out of it. Um, Ash, I realized that you've discovered Fightbox. Yeah, it, no, it exists. It is real. I recognize that cover now that I've Do seen you? it. Do you? Yes, yeah. it's got a man with the tiger face on who also exists and isn't king, but it's, Good. it's not a tiger. It's just a horrifying freak show. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. It was an awful game, but it it's rated like, 4.5 on Amazon. It, it looks like UK. The, the sort of precursor to the uh, companion cube from, uh, oh, from Valve. It's, uh, it's not a good look. What made you want to go back to it? If you uh, back to because I remembered loving it right. so much. I remember mm. playing it all the time. That and Robot Wars I used to right. love. Like with the two games you used to play on my PS2 well, and one of the fighting game. Love didn't get you through it this time. No, because the controls were crap. Because right. I remembered it differently and then played it and was like, wow, this does not live up to what I thought it did. <laughs> I felt the same way about the PS1 uh, Beyblade game. After us, right, uh, right. After, <laughs> Just get a literal right. Beyblade. Blade, 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 Blade. Blade. <laughs> after we were joking about it, because was it like a couple of weeks ago when I just said, how is Beyblade doing? And we yeah. started Googling. Are like, you looking the, at the Beyblade yeah, fights? So this is the thing. It has moved on so much since I've we I've never seen kids. Beyblade, so. Right, well, let it rip, brother. And basically, <laughs> like. You don't want me to do that. <laughs> no, I don't. No, well, basically, um, in the PS1, it, back in the day, you were like watching the uh, cartoon and watching all of these crazy like moves being happening. And are, you're you just, not, ah. are you not too old for Beyblade? Because I am. Of course I am. Yeah. We're on a video game channel. No, but Beyblade's no, like... No, no, but I'm not, I'm not saying I'm picking it back up again. No, but usually, what I mean is usually it's associated with like you or Ewan because they're way smaller and, and younger and we're old. My sister actually liked Beyblade more than I did. Right. There's an eight or nine year difference. Uh -huh. I should know that. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, I really like this PlayStation 1 game. And I played it with her and it was basically like football manager meets a, a fighting simulator. Mm. Weird game. Mm. Like you would build your own Beyblade and then you would simulate the battle you wouldn't and you would have minimal control over okay. what it did in the thing but at the time i was like this is really quite complex and pretty cool yeah and we worked together to build the best thing so i've got great memories of that game mm -hmm. but then i went back to play it recently after watching a friend like talking about it on his channel and i was just like this is utter, utter <laughs> bollocks. It's, it's Why would I ever want to play a management game uh, on a kid's TV show when it should just be like, smash it, absolutely destroy it. That's what it should have been. Yeah. I don't know what the last time was they did a Beyblade game, but if it did one with modern tech, assumedly it would be way better. Like Dragon Ball's come along so far. Imagine the VR of doing the, like pulling the rip let cords. It rip. And I would be totally down for was that, Was its man. catchphrase literally let it rip? Yeah, dude. They didn't realize the... The connotation. Well, no, they that. wanted to repurpose the phrase. You yeah, can't it's, claim it when it's a it, legendary phrase. It does rip off the string as well, goes, and then it yeah. spins off. It does a little spin. Who can last the longest? Is oh, it God. Dark Unicorn or Red it's Flaming Pokemon, Johnny Fringe, whatever really? his name was? Well, Johnny Blaze. I'll have you know that it was uh, Tyson with Dronza. That was it. I, okay. I, I don't actually know. It's no. Dragoon, actually. Oh, there we oh, go. God. Hardcore Beyblade fan. That was Beyblade the fan. That was the weirdest thing about it. That all They had like spirits inside of the thing that came out, like Pokemon and attacked each other. But they all began with DR for some reason. So yeah. it's like Dronza, Dragoon, Drasil. And I was like, why? Like, Because <laughs> it's a thing. Let it rip. I Use the DR. I don't know. I will, Apparently it worked. I will not sit here and listen to you. <laughs> you can and you will. And let I it rip. hate this <laughs> Now it's recorded and going out to the, I was going to say millions, the, the, <laughs> the potential thousands. But going we'll out find to out. my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to all Listening listen. loyally at home. Do Tamagotchi's kind of video games? Yes. Then 
those also count as yeah. bad. I had so good. many of them. I had the World Cup 1998 one with the little bird. Oh, just the little egg ones. I it used to great. love looking after those so much. And like Nintendogs, I used to love looking after oh. animals on like online. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, in Pokemon Go now, you can get, you can summon, there's a whole buddy system. So mm. like you can summon your like loyal, like the buddy that you've got and you can feed it like when it's right in front of you in mm. like AR and you can feed it and you take, I'm walking my Charizard up and down the hill. Oh. It's so good. I absolutely love it. Got nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's, but I, I like it a lot. But I have seen that, that AR thing that you're talking mm. about and it's so utterly terrifying when Snorlax gets up and charges towards the screen and you're like oh stop go away go away go away go Snorlax actually to bring it all back around that initial version of Pokemon Go the one that was like pretty much broken was oh, the one yeah. that took off the most and was the one that we all played so yeah. I guess that encapsulates why we play something that's potentially terrible nostalgia again it's good. Tamagotchis because yeah. you're like it throws you back to the looking after things sort of stuff game genre that exists <laughs> the looking after stuff game Continue. genre have I ever told you about the, the sad tale of my Tamagotchi? You can. We only have like two minutes. Go on, then. I'll do, I'll do it very quickly. Okay. Um, so I had this uh, Tamagotchi. It was a yellow one with blue buttons. I remember that distinctively. And I remember Burned. saving I remember saving up to buy it for like myself. And it was like, you know, when you're a kid and you buy something for yourself, it mm. means much more to you. Mm -hmm. I took care of it for absolutely ages. My mum said, right, we're going to go for a nice family trip to the beach in the evening. It was in the summer. We all went down to this tiny like beach. And I wasn't allowed to bring it with me because she was sick of the noises it was making. So we had to <laughs> put it in the glove box of the car. Good. And I said to her, if I don't feed it, it's going to die. <laughs> And she was there like, what? <laughs> like, as, as an adult, I understand. It's real, Jules. It's like, what are you on about? So she left it in there. And lo and behold, had a great time with the beach, came back, opened up, and it was dead. I Aww. was devastated oh, no. at that time. And I was there like, oh. And my mom was just like, she bought me a new one because she thought that the game was over. Like, yeah. if it was dead, I couldn't do it again. So she went and bought me a new one. I was like... Thanks, Mum. I no. thought you. Were, I thought it was, I, when you said it was a story, I thought it was going to be like like an ending bit. This is yeah. just sad. The, yeah, well, that is the ending. Sometimes the endings are just sad, like yeah. the end of this podcast. Where's the Good. zing? Where's the zing? Where's the spice? That's what I asked your mum. Oh. Good. I'm going to do a <laughs> sign-off thing. Here's the Hi, spice. Wendy. It's the end of the podcast. So yeah, let's do anything down in. I was going to say the comments. There's no comments. Come find us on social media. Now we had an idea to put a hashtag out so people could leave some questions yes. and different bits and bobs, and we can read stuff out and in, uh, in future podcasts. So I think for now we'll use the hashtag WCGP, mm -hmm. um, and we'll try and keep an eye on that. So anything that you want to send in that you would like us to talk about or questions you would like answered, use that hashtag. What are your um, terrible games that you loved as a kid? Yes, you yeah. can follow up on things like that. I want to know about more deadly premonition love. And Bad or not. Um, but yeah, for now, it's been the World Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ash Millman. Goodbye. And Jules Gill. Goodbye. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.